Hey y'all, it's Bailey. In most of our episodes on The Undelivered, we will be discussing pregnancy loss, infertility, grief, women's health, and many more hard things. Please be mindful of your personal limits and mental health. Hit pause if you need to join us later. And if little ears are listening, know that we will discuss all of this with colorful and adult language. Listen with discretion. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Undelivered Podcast, where we talk about women's health, infertility, miscarriage, and everything else that no one told you. This is the Undelivered. Okay. Episode number eight, Ashley, can you believe it? No, it's gone by fast. It has, and we've enjoyed every bit of it. We hope you guys have enjoyed it as well. Um, Today's episode is going to be a little different. I'm so excited. Oh, guys. Oh, God. I hope I can make coherent sense because I feel like I am coming off of the longest emotional. You've had a week. Yeah. I've had months, but you've really had a week. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so today's episode is going to be personal updates. Um, Ashley and I both have some news to share. Very different news, but I have said this for so, so, so long on social media and in my book and just to any woman who has ever had a conversation with me about their fight to motherhood. And I've always said motherhood will come to you when it's your time, when it's ready, when she's ready to come to you. So Ashley, without further ado, go ahead. Um, So, I mean, if you follow me on any kind of social media, you've already seen this, but um, I am pregnant again and we are out of the first trimester. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Um, It has not been without its own dramatic flair. This has like been a totally different pregnancy than my pregnancy with Ridge which I have come to realize how spoiled I was and just how easy and Mm. textbook that was. Um, so yeah, um, I am actually four months exactly today. We know the gender, but I'm not like officially telling people until I have my full blown anatomy scan. Okay. I didn't know that. I'm glad I didn't say anything. I, well, yeah, I forgot to tell you that part. Okay. Um, yeah, was well, that'll be like mid-April, but you know, just just in case. I know, I know, and that, and guys, you know, if you've experienced any sort of loss or infertility, you know that pregnancy after loss or a long journey to get to motherhood, it is riddled with anxiety, and you want to protect yourself and your family and your heart and your expectations as long as possible. Um, So we, we totally understand that. And Ashley doesn't share this news. I don't want to speak for you, but I know that you, you don't want to share this news and being like, "Mm, look at me, look at me. I have a happy ending. Yeah, no, I've, I've actually struggled with that. Yeah. Um, Like I was terrified to tell you. (laughs) I know. I know. But I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't want people to think that like, just because I am having a successful pregnancy this time that I'm like any less passionate about yeah, why we started this journey. Like my feelings about all of that have not changed at all. Yeah. And 
it's not lost on me, like how blessed I am to be in this position right now. So yeah, like a part of me, like I've struggled feeling like guilty. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, honestly, I've been holding my breath this whole pregnancy anyways. And I feel like you will until your due date. Right. I mean, like it doesn't totally, and it never goes away. No. So, you know, the second I found out I was pregnant, I was filled immediately with anxiety. Um, just because, and I don't want to say this, like, I like I wasn't excited to be pregnant because I was, because I know that's like half the battle for so many women. Yeah. So I don't want to say that like I wasn't excited, but my excitement was immediately met with like overwhelming fear. Yeah. Like, okay, brace yourself. This could happen again. Like don't get too attached yet. You know, so I know that's so hard to do. And I feel like that's such a relatable thing. Like you're I want to say equal parts excited and anxious, but it's not equal parts. Like your anxiety overrides that excitement very quickly. And so I have had some complications with this pregnancy. Um, You know, well, I guess it was last episode. I think I talked about my best friend's dad dying. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know, rushing home to try to get to her and as soon as I step out of the car, when I'm Mississippi and when I am in Mississippi, I like felt something, you know, like there's some discharge in pregnancy. It's normal. But then it like felt more like, a, like something was happening. Yeah. So, you know, like I ran to the bathroom and there was just a freaking like bloodbath, bright red blood in the toilet. And I, um, I know that they, there's like implantation bleeding, all of that stuff. But I want to say when this happened, I was like nine weeks. So I was kind of past that window, you know? So I'm immediately hysterical because I I think I'm having a miscarriage again. I'm out of town, (laughs) you know, I'm calling my doctor's office and they're like, there's, you know, there's not much we can do. Um, if it keeps, if you become like, if you're in pain, which I was not in pain, there was no clots. Like it was just a lot of bright red blood. So, you know, they're like, if anything changes, all we can tell you to do is go to the ER. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. I ain't got time to be going to the ER. <laughs> like I am, I was literally coming home, dropping Ridge off at my mom's and going to my best friend. Yeah. Obviously that whole thing got derailed, Mm -hmm. but, um, so I have a, or had, I don't know if you like always have it, but 25% of pregnancies actually have this and it's totally normal, but it is like very unnerving and even more so unnerving when you've already had a miscarriage. Um, a subchorionic hemorrhage. Mm-hmm. So, I <clears throat> um, I bled on and off like my whole first trimester. So I don't know. It's like with each milestone in this pregnancy, I've still been holding my breath. Like, okay, if I can make it out of the first trimester, like I'll be able to breathe. 
well, now that I'm like out of the first trimester, I'm like, okay, if I can, if we can make it to the anatomy scan and all is good there, like I'll be okay. But I know like the closer it's getting to my anatomy scan, it's just, I'm not going to feel great until that baby is like in my arms, alive in my arms. So yeah. It's, um, and I've had several fainting episodes again, um, in the middle of the night, like my poor husband, I don't think (laughs) if I get up in the middle of the night to pee, he immediately like, are you okay? Like it's, I have traumatized him with all of this, but, um, so yeah, like I have to track my food this pregnancy to make sure I'm getting enough like protein and carbs. Um, I have to have a little bedtime snack. So my sugar doesn't bottom out in the middle of the night. Bless you. Do you eat ice cream before bed? Um, I switch it up. Sometimes it's ice cream, (laughs) but you know, the Reese's eggs for Easter out. And that is my favorite candy of all time. Okay. That has been, um, that's been my go-to lately um sometimes chocolate milk just depends I make it all like work within my macros but it's crazy like I I don't know what happened to my body if I'm just this is just a super like sensitive pregnancy or I've become super super sensitive to just like the hormonal changes Yeah, I don't know, but like the few nights where I, or days, like there've been a couple of days I haven't tracked everything or like I haven't had my snack at night and it's a scary night. Like, so you feel like you have to wake up to faint. Is that what it feels like? Yeah. I wake up hot. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm about to like throw up and there was actually one time like now I've dealt with it enough. I know when it's coming. So I'll like elbow brain and be like, I need a wet rag. Give me a wet rag right now. <laughs> and like, oh, I know not to get up out of the bed because that like fast change in my blood pressure will also just make me like, bye. Yeah. So I get him to get me a wet rag and normally I just like deep breathe and it passes um, I've like kept some candy by the bed. Um, yeah, like one, there was this one time I was like laying down, wet rag, the whole thing. Brandon went to, um, pee real quick. And when he came back, he found me in like a pool of my own vomit. Like oh, I actually lay, I mean, yeah. I mean, like I didn't get up, but I passed out anyways. And it was like, you know, you always kind of hear those stories sometimes of like people being too intoxicated or, you know, like drugged up where they choke on their own vomit. And I've Mm -hmm. always been like, how does that happen? You know, but I totally saw real fast how that happened because like, I remember going out and I remember I remember consciously thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm throwing up. Like I'm throwing up all over myself. I couldn't move. Oh my I could not God. move. And your doctors are like, 
oh, you're just pregnant. Like they just don't seem to. Yeah, they they think (laughs) that it was real. It's related to to my food. Like I just have I have to track my food and I have to make sure I get all of my water. Oh wow. Okay. It's it's been wild. Sounds like it. Wild. But anyways. (laughs) Hey, enough about me because I'm way more excited. No for your news because I feel like it's been such a freaking long time coming Mm -hmm. and I know like I've had so many people reach out and ask me so I'm sure people you know they just want to know um about this little boy that's in some of your pic all of your pictures on Instagram (laughs) the back of his head yeah I don't even know where to begin. Um, okay. And before we get, well, you just, you just take it. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> like, I don't want to say too much, but. Oh, um, well, okay. So Kyle and I are parents mm-hmm. and we have been for quite some time. Um, we, uh, y'all, what? I don't even know where to get started. Uh, okay, I'll get started here. Um, when I, I wrote about the beginning part of this in my book, not about our son, but about us, Kyle and I both being led to adoption separately. Like he, you know, and like I said, I, I wrote about this, like, he would come to me and say, Hey, I had a dream that we adopted a kid last night. And I'm like, shut up. No, you didn't. Cause I did too. So I'm like, what does this mean? So that happened for a couple of months. And, but before that, let, let me say this, <clears throat> we have never been drawn to fostering. We've never been drawn to adoption. God pressed that into me over and over and over again for two years before I ever did anything with it because I was afraid of it, which is yeah, that's understandable. It, I hope it is. I hope it's understandable. Um, we yes. were afraid, maybe not. We Kyle wasn't, um, he had his own hangups about it, but fear was not one of them. And I think it's maybe a very maternal thing. How do I love a child who did not come from my bones? How do I recognize myself in, in their face? How do you love a child who is not equal parts? You or your spouse. Long story short, it's very easy. It is very easy to love a child that God made for you and sent you specifically for you. And God has an incredible sense of humor because our son looks like us. (laughs) But let me say this, and I'm, I guess I'm going to jump around a lot here because it's just so much to, to say and not say so much to reveal and so much to protect at the same time. Um, a long time ago, I was like journaling and writing, you know, a devotion and, and just having a very frank conversation with God. And I said, how do you expect me to love a child? When I look at their face, I don't see myself, but what if I see a stranger? What if I see their birth parents? What if I see all the trauma that they've been through when I look at that poor kid's face? And the Lord sassed back and put me in my place and said, how about when you look at that kid, you see me? 
I love that. And that is better than seeing my big forehead any day of the week. And I do, I see, I see the Lord now when I look at him. Um, our son's name is Sam. And um, I didn't know if we were going to say that we were going to, we're going to say that um, okay. we, we called him buddy for a long time on social media. Um, and we, we made that decision to um, not reveal his name until we were awarded full legal custody. And that happened Monday. So just two mm-hmm. days ago. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it's been a long time coming. Um, it's been a year since we found out about Sam, um, we got a phone call a year ago, last March about a little boy who needed a good home. And it was a no brainer. I was, um, I was in the car headed to see a client for my old job and it was raining and I was on Lakeland drive and, uh, my husband called and said, Hey, and usually when, when my phone rings and it's my husband, I say hello. And he immediately launches into like X, Y, Z. Like there's oh, no good hey. for you. Cause my <laughs> husband's like, Hey, uh, <laughs> half the time he forgets why he's calling me. I'm like, I do not have time for this. What <laughs> spit it out. No, Kyle Henry out. hates talking on the phone. He hates voice text. It's a miracle that we are still married. Um, <laughs> So immediately I knew something was up because he was like, hey, where, um, where are you? And I'm like, I'm on Lakeland. What's wrong? <laughs> and he said, I just got a phone call from a family member who was talking to another family member. And this is where the story gets kind of weird because we're we're still pretty tight. We're going to remain tight-lipped about this. But um. A relative called us, called Kyle, and then Kyle called me and said, hey, there's a little boy. He's one and he needs a good home. And something just came over me. And I went, yeah, that's our kid. And so I turned my blinker on, made a U-turn, came home, talked to Kyle about it. And we immediately started preparing our house. So for him. at that point. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Y'all like were not officially like in the foster care system or you were, we were, we okay. were, we, we had been for several months. Um, wow. had you gotten any calls? Yeah, we did. We did. Okay. So here's the thing we, so back up, um, I wrote about the beginning part of this in my book and I documented in there, um, that, oh my gosh, can you hear that? I'm getting a phone mm-hmm. call. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Phone go away. Um, probably so, needing something it was not <laughs> um so I yeah I, I started documenting the the beginning parts of this um in my book about us becoming registered foster parents the Lord was like pressing into Kyle and I together but also separately about us being open to the idea of adoption I had all these long talks and in, in, in prayer time about falling in love with a child who I didn't give birth to all these things. And when the Lord pressed back to me, um, why don't you, when you look at a child, you see me and not yourself. And I said, all right, that's, we can play it that way. Okay. Well, cause that's motherhood anyways. I hate to tell you. Like, 
<laughs> yeah. Regardless yeah. of how they get here, they survive because of God. <laughs> because, they do. They do. Whew. And they, they come to you because God chose that gift mm-hmm. specifically for that mama and that daddy. Um, so we, we surrendered and I threw my hands up and, um, and I've shared this before the Lord replaced my fear and rejection of the idea of adoption with a deep desire. Um, and so it's so amazing. And y'all, I, if you know me, you know that I love the Lord, but I am not the type of person you put on speakerphone. Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I am not, um, <clears throat> I'm no missionary, but I, I, when the Lord tells you to do something, you just better go ahead and do it. So threw my hands up. We surrendered. We, and we just knew that it was fostering. It wasn't private adoption. It wasn't private agency. The Lord kept showing me paperwork, paperwork. If you fill out this paperwork and you register and do everything on paper, the way that you're supposed to, I'm going to send you your child from left field. Like, so I knew that when the Lord was ready to send us our boy, and I knew that it would be a boy, um, we would get a phone call from left field. And the relative who called us about our son that day, it was totally left field. And, and so I knew, which is so, let me, let me say this. If you're listening and you're considering fostering or adoption, you can ask me any question and, and I'll try to answer it to the best of my ability. But if you become a registered foster parent because you want to adopt from the foster care system, that is the fastest way to get your heart broken. That is the fastest way to lose your sanity and to age 10 years overnight. Yeah. Um, it's not just the state of Mississippi, but I think it's a, it's a wide, I don't know. I've heard that some states are different. Um, parental reunification with birth parents is of their utmost priority. Like it's, it's, it's what they want to see happen. Um, so, but I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, so we had been, when we got the phone call that day, a year ago in March, we had been registered foster parents since the previous September. So it had been a few months. Um, How many phone calls had y'all gotten before then? Three. We haven't talked about this. No, we haven't. <laughs> we haven't. Um, three. And I, again, God is so, so good. I looked up one day. And I, I, I had so many phenomenal friends in my life who had either adopted children or they were adopted themselves as, as kids. And it never occurred to me until this was on my doorstep. And I'm like, oh my gosh, but he's adopted and, and she's adopted and they've adopted kids and they've adopted kids and, and, and adoption was just all around us now. And it's just another miracle from God that I had all these friends that I could call and talk to about what, what their experience was like. And, um, so I had a friend who had fostered a couple of kids and adopted 
a child from the foster care system. And she said, if you know that you need to say no to a phone call, do it. You're going to feel like garbage. I was going to say, I imagine like trying to sit there and outweigh. Mm -hmm. You are going to feel like the worst form Mm -hmm. of a human being ever. But what good are you to a child who's already been through the worst of the worst if you're not ready, if your house is not ready, if you don't feel like you know how to operate an older child with specific abuse histories and trauma, um, you you have to consider the child's best interest. And sometimes you're not in the best interest of that child. If you get a phone call, for example, Kyle and I, <clears throat> our very first phone call that we got about taking a placement for a child. Turns out it was, uh, it was for children. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a lot. It's a lot. It was Christmas Eve. Oh God. I know. Uh, Oh yeah. Like this is, this is why I'm so freaking tired. (laughs) (laughs) It's been an emotional roller coaster, and people don't talk about, you know, the, the guilt that people feel. Um, There's so much that goes into this that I'm learning. Like, yeah, I am so So ignorant to this. (laughs) And like, you have, educated me so much on like the process and just yeah half of what y'all have been through because I'm still finding out new stuff but like wow so um yeah Christmas Eve and the social worker said hey I was just calling to see if you'd take an emergency placement I'm like okay I'm listening and she's like I have a nine-year-old boy and I'm like okay and then the whole time I'm thinking it's Christmas Eve he's nine we will be Santa for this child. We're going to have to pull together a freaking lifetime Christmas movie overnight for this kid. And then she finished her sentence and his three younger siblings. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, I, I can't, I can't take, I can't take four children on Christmas Eve. Um, our house, you know, and that's another thing that, <clears throat> people how do I say this in some people's opinions our house could have fit four kids in my opinion our house cannot fit four kids I mean yeah if you cram them in there um but then there's there's all sorts of like rules like if if you take more than one child or more than two kids, you have to put like boys with boys and girls with girls. And then if they're over a certain age, they can't share a bathroom. And then if they're over another certain age, they can't, their doors have to be like separated by so many feet or whatever, you know, for wow. their protection. So, and that's we, not, so I'm going to jump in right here. Yeah. <laughs> say, just tell, tell everybody, we totally plan on like diving deep at some point into <laughs> this system and like everything yeah that the henrys have been through but not yet not yet um so anyways long story short back to back to our baby um 
So we had been registered foster parents since September of 2020. Um, We got a phone call about him in March of 2021. He came home to us in June. We met him for the first time in May. So how did you know that like that was the phone call to accept? Did you have any reservation at all? No, none. Because I knew... I knew that when it was our child, a social worker wasn't going to call me. But you still had to be a registered foster parent for that to all work. Yes. It was wild. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's just the law. Uh, If you take in a child with the intent of permanency and and they're not like immediately related to you you have to be registered foster parents um yeah so um I'm trying to think of like were you like so nervous to me oh my god yeah yeah okay so here's here's a fun story um when I was writing my book I was going not not super super fast but I didn't waste any time and Kyle came I am shocked by that (laughs) (laughs) um Kyle came to me one day and he was like hey why are you take your time like you should really be enjoying this process why are you rushing so quickly like I was wrapping up final edits at the same time, I was designing my book cover. At the same time, I was designing a website. At the same time, I was um, doing all these things. And and like in the formal, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm a self-published author, but like your publishing house would do all that for you. Your marketing manager would do all that for you. And, and, and you space all that out. And I was doing it all at once. And Kyle noticed that. And he was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you rushing through this so quickly? Like, take your time. And I looked up at him. I'm sure I looked like a mad scientist. Like I hadn't bathed. My hair was all frizzy and on top of my head. And I'm like, look, dude, we're about to be parents very, very quickly. Do you understand me? Like our child he's out there and he's coming soon, bitch. Like you better get out of my way. And he was like, you've absolutely lost your mind, but it's so true. Like I knew, I just knew Ashley, like our son was out there and, and the time was coming for him to join our family fast. So I knew that I had to get all my infertility stories out of my system, into the world, into writing and, 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 and do that so my arms could be completely open for this boy. And um, we got a phone call about him in March. My ebook came out in April. My book launch party was in May. I was also pregnant with Lorelai. Um, lost Lorelai, May 26th, he moved home with us June 16th. Okay. And my, hold on, pause. (laughs) Hold on, one more thing. Okay. He he moved home with us 
June 16th, my official paperback copy release day on Amazon is June 15th. The day before our son moved home with us is the day my book went live on Amazon. That was just a lot to take in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So (laughs) hold on. Cause I feel like you just revealed something else. I didn't know. What? Okay. So wait, you were, you were pregnant Mm -hmm. all the while knowing that it was a huge possibility you were about to be handed a child. For about a month and a half, Kyle and I were preparing to go from zero children to two children. Wow. Mm-hmm. Haley, that's a lot. <laughs> Again, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. So where do we pick up now? I we literally have, have never put all of that together. I know. And I we know. Have and talked it, a lot. And Kyle and I even talked about that the other day. We were taking Sam to uh, the Mississippi State baseball game. And on the way there, I was looking back through some pictures on my phone. Because apparently that's the thing that moms do. Like you go back over your pictures oh, over yeah. the last six months. Oh, look like, at my baby. <laughs> And he was, he was such a baby when he came home to us. Um, I feel like there's a huge jump from like a year to two. And he's two and a half now. Yeah. Like like they become, they're not babies, baby Mm. babies. They're like little toddler. I know. A very sassy one at that. Um, So, yeah. So on the way to Starkville, we were talking and I'm like, I, I was scrolling back through some pictures and, and I saw the date and it was June 11th, 2021, which means I had lost Lorelai three weeks ago. I had given, I had a traumatic birth just three mm-hmm. weeks before I was promoting my book and getting ready for a book, um, signing in Alabama. Oh, here's another fun fact. He moved home with us June 15th. I put his sweet little took us in the car and drove his butt to Fairhope, Alabama for a book signing. In hindsight, I probably should have canceled it. Zero out of 10 would recommend, but. (laughs) um, Okay. So let me ask you this. Now that I'm piecing this together and now that we can talk about Sam, mm -hmm. do you think the timing of like all of that, like not that you would have grieved Lorelai any less, but mm. like, do you think having <clears throat> Sam around helped you? It did for sure. Um, I, if I'm being totally honest, I've grieved Lorelai in bits and pieces when I've allowed myself time. Um, well, yeah, because you haven't had much time, it sounds like. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, and that was another thing that Kyle and I talked about. I'm like, what were we doing? We were on autopilot. We were flying by the seat of our pants. We had just lost our sixth baby. And you held her and we saw her. And I... I gave birth to her in a doctor's office and then a month later we had a one-year-old son 
and I'm on like a mini book tour. What the hell were we thinking? You weren't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm being serious. <clears throat> I think if honestly, I mean, and this is, I'm just talking like I know me and I feel like I like, I know you pretty well by now too. Like if you had given it more thought, mm-hmm. maybe you would have talked yourself out of it. And then where would you be? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I knew, I knew that that was our baby. Like I knew, I just knew like that was, you just know. And the, and the moment I laid eyes on him, it was so not the way I ever saw myself becoming a mom. Um, We were in a park in downtown Jackson and we were waiting for the social worker and her car pulled up and she walked around the car and she goes into the back seat and gets this little ham (laughs) out of, out of the car seat and puts him on the ground and he waddles towards us and it took my breath away. And I said, Oh my God, that's our kid. That's him. And that is just, I didn't think I was going to cry because I'm too like delirious. Well, I mean, this is, this is like a big week to be talking about this. Cause I know, I know since the moment y'all have had him and then the moments leading up to this big court date, like, Mm. yeah, it's been intense. It's been exhausting and it's been intense. So like, I'm not surprised that you're on an emotional, just, I think it's, and I was telling you this. I was telling Ashley this before we started recording, like I'm on like this emotional, uh, like let down, like we've been holding our breath mm-hmm. for nine months about his permanency with us. And it's such, it's one of those annoying things where you like, you know, that God is going to show up, you know, that this is your kid, but it's also incredibly devastating to have your first season as a mom be completely enmeshed with social workers and court Mm -hmm. dates and the foster care system and what you're legally allowed to do and not allowed to do with your own child because the 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 permanency is immediate for parents it's that love And that aha moment of, oh my God, this is who we've been waiting for. This is my Bubba. This is my baby. This is, you're the one that we have been waiting for. But then on the other hand, it's like. There's so much that has to. Yes. And it's, and I, I've said this a thousand times. I forget like 20 times a day that he didn't come from my body. I forget that. Because I love him so much and he looks like my husband and he's a smart aleck like me and he <laughs> is funny and sneaky and affectionate and we are very, very bonded and connected. And up until Monday, there was always that um, very brutal reminder um, of, of social worker visits that he's he's not you know, this isn't permanent yet. 
Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to see social workers and judges and <clears throat> all these things that it's just, it's just a very harsh reminder. And kind of like you with, with your pregnancy after a loss, don't get too excited. Mm-hmm. Don't get too attached. But this kid's here. He's right in front of me. How can I, he has a personality and he snuggles with me every night before bed. How do you not get too excited or attached to that? Yeah. It's like your heart and your brain are, have completely opened up, but your hands are tied. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, yes. And, and then it, there's so much, I, and I started to say this earlier and I need to say this. Um, I need to finish the thought. Um, CPS's number one priority is reunification with family whether that is birth parents or close family or whatever, that's, that's their top priority. And I've had a lot of people ask me um, on social media about fostering or adoption. And they always use that phrase foster to adopt. And I hate to put it this way, but that's really not a thing. It's not, it's like best case scenario, best case scenario, fostering to adopt. Um, is the exception, not the rule. Mm. And it's a hard, hard journey. Um, but I will say this, we, when Kyle and I signed up to be foster parents, we were going off of the biggest, loudest push that either of us have ever had from God. That was not a decision that we made for ourselves by ourselves because, and again, I wrote about this in my book. I went, I went, but I was not happy about it. (laughs) I signed up for it. I did all the paperwork and we took all the classes, not in a good mood over it. Um, and, And the Lord slowly changed our hearts. Mine, excuse me, mine specifically, um, over time. But if you're listening to this and you're considering fostering or even adoption, well, let me back up specifically fostering. And I've heard people say this so much like, Oh, I just, I just can't do it. I just couldn't do it. How do you raise and love and fall in love with a child and then be prepared to lose them because the state wants to put them somewhere else? or a a grandparent has stepped up or aunt or uncle or whoever has stepped up to take in this child. When you register to become a foster parent, it's not about you. It's about that kid. It's about, it's about kids who need a safe place and a good home and a warm meal. And, and they need that more than you need kids. And I knew, and I said this to his social workers, I said, he deserves to be out of the foster care system more than I deserve to be a mom. Mm, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> like I'm sitting here watching you cry and I'm like speechless. <laughs> I'm just trying not to like get snot on my microphone. <laughs> so, um, it has been the most emotional, frustrating, um, beautiful, 
experience and I won't be doing it again. <laughs> hey, never say never bails. I know, I know, I know. Um, I'm just kidding, but isn't, isn't it <clears throat> insane just to think about like what you think your limits are as a human being? Oh and my God. Yeah. Now that you're on the other side of it, you're probably like, how in the heck no, have look, we done that? But you did it and y'all pure adrenaline. I, mean, <laughs> I know that there were, it was not always easy. And there's like a lot that people don't get to see, you know, like the struggles and the, although you are pretty open. Yeah. But I, I don't know of any other way to be other than open, but also I never, ever, ever want people to look at my journey. And here's why you see all these things on social media about like adoption day and court dates and the signs with like, I've been in the foster care system for 2,387 days. And today I was adopted or whatever. And, and that's fine for some people, but i there's all these like hashtag adoption rocks and hashtag adoption saves and like all this stuff. And I never want people to look at our story and just see the happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's not fair to any woman who is fighting for her chance to be a mom. That is so not fair. And all these, you know, these people who... <clears throat> And I'm not saying, I mean, everybody's entitled to share their own story in their own way, but it's the same, you know, with infertility, like these people who talk about their, their rainbow babies and, and, and it is, it's so fantastic. And it's so, it's something to be so enjoyed. But, but for me personally, when people hear our story or go to my Instagram feed or do whatever. I never want them to see just the happy ending. I'm going to tell you how hard grind. it was. <laughs> yes. yes. Because it's just not fair. I don't know. I, and I want it to be fair to other women to know how absolutely amazing it is when you're, when your baby is finally in your arms. Um, but the getting there, I never want to mislead people. And think that it was hard, but not that hard. No, this is the hardest freaking thing I've ever done in my life. Well, welcome to being there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know, like there's so much more to say, and then there's so much more to be protected for a lifetime. Yeah. Um, well, and yeah, we will definitely protect, but I want at some point we should deliver. <laughs> what it, all the things with the process that you I know. feel comfortable talking about because <clears throat> you're still not completely done right we have my baby well let, let me say this so because there was a lot of questions on um social media he is officially out of the foster care system and that is an answer to a million and one prayers um, the last thing we have to do is just go to court for final adoption. Um, and that will just change his last name. Do we know when that will be? Not exactly, but it won't be long. Um, maybe is that like a April grueling process or is like all thank God all no. already. Okay. Nope. It's in motion. <clears throat> um, yeah. So 
Um, do you, I, I'm trying to think, did I cover everything? Like, I think so far, cause I feel like we def there's so much more to dive into with this, yeah. but not yet. <laughs> and, and it's such a weird, it's such a weird place to be because I, I haven't you kept felt, it so close for so I long. Have. Yeah. Because he moved home with us in June and we didn't tell anybody about him until November. Yeah, I know <laughs> because you and I had like just started kind of talking and then I remember you like making the announcement on Instagram and I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like you have, you kept those cards close to you, sister. I did. Um, yeah. So for six months we kept him a secret, which is a whole other situation. Um, yeah, we, we told like immediate family and friends, but some of like our distant relatives didn't know Kyle's coworkers didn't know, um, wow. social media certainly didn't know. Um, and that, excuse me, we, we made that decision. Eh, I can't, we just wanted to protect him. Yeah. You know, because here, here's another interesting thing. The internet um, will outlive us all. So I envision anything that I ever say about him on a podcast or the internet or <clears throat> a blog post or in any future book I will ever write. I picture 16-year-old Sam saying, oh, mom, don't say that. Or, or let me say that. Or, oh, yeah. that's so embarrassing. I mean, he'll be embarrassed by everything at some point, I'm sure, because most <laughs> teenagers are. But I, we kept his placement here with us private for six months for a, a lot of different reasons. And, and I'm tight-lipped on a lot of things now because, again, the internet will outlive everybody. So I never want him to to come to me and say I really wish you would have kept that part private which is which is going to be a very interesting thing for me because I'm an open book on my okay. own stuff on my own infertility on my own whatever but to tell the story of my motherness now being a mom it involves someone else's story too. And I don't ever want <clears throat> to disrespect his future wishes. And I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, well, you've done a good job of it. Cause I know when we were getting on to talk about this, you were really scared. You were going to make a slip and <laughs> yeah. And there's so much. too much, but I think you've, you've, gotten the iceberg the tip of the iceberg without yeah. and there's so much more to say uh, back to the root of of why Ashley and I are here and why we started this podcast I'm still very much infertile you know uh, Ashley is still baking her rainbow baby um we are still in the thick of in it, different well, not infertility, ever changing seasons <laughs> ever changing seasons of womanhood and motherhood and infertility and I guess to wrap up today's 
I don't even know if we can call this an episode. Our it like is an episode. Boys. It's a good episode. Like it is. I know. We, I didn't. We haven't. Sorry, I cried. <laughs> no, I, I think anybody in your shoes would cry <laughs> tears of joy and exhaustion from your week. Yes, exhaustion. But, I mean, yes. I mean, I don't think we've been too terribly boring, even when we've talked about the sad stuff. But I think this has been a good. It's been a good episode. I think so. Um. And again, I don't want to speak for Ashley, but the announcing of a pregnancy after a loss is just such a delicate thing, isn't it? And it's, yeah. um, Yeah. And, and, you know, I had a lot of questions. I did like a, you know, questionnaire last night on social media about fostering and adoption. And people have asked like, oh, well, well, what are you going to do now? Are you going to, because I guess only child families aren't, aren't an option anymore. Like people are asking, like, is your family complete? How are you going to give them a sibling? What are you going to do? Um, and and to be perfectly honest, last September, well, we'd made this plan two Septembers ago, September of 2021, we were supposed to go back to the infertility specialist to make a, a more permanent plan of how to achieve a healthy pregnancy. Um, and we, that, that did not happen because we have a toddler. So put on pause, definitely put on pause. Um, and you know, I, I think over time I'll feel more comfortable in different mediums, you know, I might write a blog about it or do a post about it or talk about it, you know, here on the podcast, but, um, this has been, a a beautiful story of redemption. There is motherhood. It it just comes to you in any form, you know, like, and I know a lot of people don't consider, I'm hoping to change that. And we'll, we'll talk about that in future episodes. Um, But a lot of people don't consider adoptive parents, real parents. I think that's Um, garbage. Well, I'll leave you with this. I was talking to someone (laughs) a while ago about a woman who was going through infertility. And I said, did she ever go on to have children? And she said, no, I mean, she adopted, but like, you know, not really. And I'm like, ouch, that's like a knife to the chest. What do you mean? Not really. Like who, who's, is there like an invisible fairy in that household raising those kids? Like, yeah. So lots more to say, lots more to cover. Um, But for now, I will leave you with this. The Lord has not forgotten you or your wishes or your heart's desires if you want to be a parent, but it will never look the way that you think it will. And we will be covering Ashley in prayer for a healthy pregnancy and healthy delivery please, and and midnight snacks and all those things. (laughs) No fainting in the bedroom, no scaring the hell out of Brandon. And um, I know. I know. And I'll keep everybody updated. We should be completely done by the end of next month. So more more to say. Thank you. So excited. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. I don't know. We'll, we'll listen. We don't know what we're doing next. We have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. So all right guys, but everybody be well. And we thank you for being here and for following along and see you next week. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Undelivered Podcast. Please share with a friend, give us a review, like us, follow us, subscribe to our episodes. And if you don't mind, to continue the conversation, follow Ashley and I on Instagram. I'm at Bales Henry and Ashley is Ash P underscore worth. See you next time.